1: Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their three- to ten-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black.
0: Well, hello, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me today. Always a pleasure to have you with me as we talk with uh, very interesting advisors, authors, and others that basically give us uh, good tips for you to learn how to prepare your business for the future, maybe prepare your life for the future. And joining us today is Andy Cagnetta, CEO of Transworld Business Advisors, the largest brokerage system in the world. He's a skilled negotiator and recognized national trainer of negotiation techniques and andy specializes in mergers and acquisitions evaluations and franchising and he's the man to talk to when it comes time to buy or sell a business andy thanks so much for joining me today welcome to the show yeah thanks for having me bill i really appreciate it yeah my pleasure um you know this is a uh a great topic for our listeners to learn about um You know, we want to, we're going to learn about buying and selling businesses in today's marketplace, which, you know, is different than yesterday's marketplace and probably different from tomorrow's marketplace. So this should be relevant information. I would implore anybody out there, grab a pen, grab a pad of paper, take some notes. Andy, tell us more about you and your background.
1: Sure. I am a kind of a serial entrepreneur. I had a few small businesses out of school, out of college at Lehigh University, and we wound up deciding to move to South Florida, my wife and I, and I started looking to buy a business Now, I had bought and sold a business in Connecticut, a small little pasta shop it's a long story, a little family business. but I was intrigued that you could buy and sell a business, buy a business that's already making money, and sell it because I had done the startup thing, and that's a very difficult thing to do. So I went to Florida looking to buy and sell a business and you know the buy a business, and in the process there was all these business brokers there. Now in Connecticut, there were, I never had run into a business broker. So I started meeting with several business brokers and one of them stood out Transworld. I say, uh, the owners were, uh, was Donna Bonnie Parish. She was a 30 year IBM executive, his wife, a very nice, uh, amazing business broker. And they encouraged me to join the company. I joined the company, uh, two years later after I joined the company, I bought the company. Uh, we grew it from one office to 11 offices in Florida, which we still own and operate. And then 10 years ago, when we decided, hey, how do we launch our brand across the world? We thought of franchising, and we partnered with United Franchise Group out of West Palm. They also own Cinerama, fully promoted several of the brands, and. Together, we have uh, built a trans world across the United States, 220 offices, and also uh, around the world.
0: That's quite a story. <laughs> you were just looking yeah, to buy good a business. <laughs> that's, that's, that's quite a story. That's incredible. So uh, and how, when was the time frame of all of this? Uh, I'm sorry, going back to when you were, when you went down to Florida originally?
1: Yeah, it was 25 years ago, so I've been doing it since 1995.
0: Okay, so you've seen a few cycles (laughs) come and go, and, uh, of course, uh, things are in another state of flux now, Um, but there are a lot of opportunities out there. I, I know that, and I understand that. I want our listeners to understand that. Tell us what you see the current marketplace looking like for buyers and sellers today.
1: You know, it's very interesting. I think this is a very unique cycle, as you said. You know, listen, I we went through 2000 when we had like the dot-com meltdown and, of course, 9-11. And, you know, things kind of slowed down for a little while. The stock market kind of crashed. And then we had 2010 or 9, whatever you want to say, 2009 to 11, a very slow grinding kind of downturn where the banks were obviously upside down, they were in trouble. Uh, you had the stock market in trouble. This crisis, much different than the other crises, uh, crises, you're seeing that the stock market didn't go down. If anything, it's hyperinflated. You saw things like the money supply increase because of all the uh, bailouts and PPP and, you know, and stimulus packages. And at the same time, the banks are still in it wanting to lend. So you have this incredible amount of capital flowing out there, which is creating a buyer's, a seller's market. The sellers are still in control for 25 years. It's always been a seller's market, except for maybe right after 9-11 and maybe after the 2009 meltdown, 2008, 2009 meltdown. So... What we're seeing is is that it's an incredible time for sellers to sell. There's more capital out there, more buyers out there than ever before. At the same time, which is very interesting, because of the stimulus package, buyers can now get an SBA loan and get three months free and have their guarantee fee waived, uh, which is a savings of about 40000 every million dollars they they borrow. So, it's an incredible opportunity to buy, which in, for the first time ever, I've never seen it kind of happen where, you know, both sides have opportunity right now.
0: That is uh, pretty unusual. Yeah, we don't have uh, a huge banking crisis. We have very, very low interest rates, which, of course, drives that stock market up as well. Um, huge num- huge numbers when you look at the cash that's uh, the, you know, that's available for purchase of businesses, both in private equity groups and other in corporations. Uh, So, um, so why, uh, why are businesses, uh, I mean, why is all that capital building up? Why isn't it being deployed very quickly? That's, I I hear that's a frustration point in the private equity world. There's, you know, what, $3 trillion of, 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 Of dry powder out there right now. Why isn't it being deployed? What are they looking for that they're not seeing?
1: Well, I think what they're looking for is solid businesses that want to sell. And I think for several reasons, one of them being the interest rates being very low, sellers aren't selling. I think there was a time when people could sell their business and say, let's just say, make a million dollars, make two million dollars. And they could put that money in the bank or in CDs or in some sort of safe portfolio that they felt they were going to get 5 to 10% return on, and they could retire on that. Well, these days with interest rates so low, the bond market, so uh, trying to get a return on your capital is very difficult. And I think people are healthier these days. Uh, being 60 years old isn't being 60 years old 20 years ago. So I think people are holding on to their businesses and that baby boomer crush, the seller tsunami we've all been predicting for the last 10 years still hasn't happened. Baby boomers are seventy fifty-five 55 to 75 mm-hmm. years old and they right. still haven't come to the marketplace in mass. I think it's about to happen. I do think that we will see sellers come to the marketplace Because they have to, they just have to transfer their businesses now that they're getting older. And many of them, I think, you know, there was an article in the New York Times just talking about people having a more of a YOLO kind of attitude after this crisis, that they want to live their lives. And so I think a lot of people are going to come to the market and we're starting to see it already.
0: Yes, good point. I, and I think um, I I also moderate webinars for Vistage Worldwide, which is you know, as you know a, a huge CEO yeah. peer group. And they just had one about the the new uh, you know uh, tax changes and its motivation. Basically saying, hey, if you if you're really uh, thinking about going to market, now is the time. Because you don't want to wait until it's next calendar year, they could make a retroactive tax change, but it's likely going to be at least starting of 2022, and it's going to be uh, pretty pretty darn busy uh, in the last you know half and quarter of this year as people uh, really wake up and start to move there. So, what should business owners be doing now to prepare for their exit?
1: Well, you brought up a great point we saw it uh several years ago when there was a tax change and capital gains were going to go up uh and then they came down of course uh but if you want to sell by the end of 2021 it's ar- already almost too late so what i would urge people to do is if they're, they're thinking that they want to get a deal done in this calendar year they got to move now uh and they need to plan and and even if you're not i mean I would imagine that if you know capital gains all in, let's say they're around 20% right now, I don't think they're gonna blow up to say 40% or ordinary income levels. So there's going to be somewhat of an increase, but I don't think it's gonna change anybody's mind. Again, if they're in their business making money day after day, they don't really make a move until they have to. So, So even with the tax changes, I do believe that will spur more people on uh, because they're just going to want to get out and they need to start planning now. Your question was what they should be doing. They should be getting their financial house in order, both personally and business wise. If they're not keeping good books and records, if they don't have a good inventory slash invoicing slash crm system inside of their business they should implement one today that's the number one thing they just have to be able to show you know what their kpis are their key performance indicators their earnings and be able to predict out into the future uh solid earnings for them to get a good price in the marketplace
0: that's I hear we hear that over and over again. It's very very sound and good advice. And you know these days, um, I would imagine firms like yours, as well as other you know private equity groups, other buyers of business, are looking at a lot of contenders before you choose the ones that you're gonna you know tie tie yourself to. Uh, its uh, Businesses don't sell overnight. There's a lot of work that goes into it. So so what you just said was hey. Don't make us guess at what your financials look like that that immediately uh makes you on the uh probably the we' we'll, we're gonna take a pass kind of pile I would imagine right what what else puts people over there what else what, what are other things that you see that you could tell our listeners that this is automatically it, we're not gonna work with you it, we're this we're you're out
1: well I, there are things like customer concentration issues where people have one client and they they're dependent on a business relationship that could end at any time that's certainly not going to work well for a buyer unless they're going to do something like an earnout where they're going to you know prove to the buyer over time that this this client will stick around and, and get paid basically on performance uh you know I, I would look to the why private equity is holding on to so much money is You know, people need to be a little less picky out there. Uh, Private equity oftentimes will look at thousands of businesses and buy one. Uh, I think we're starting to see that. People have to realize that not every business is uh, going to be absentee-owned. Not every business is going to have recurring revenues. Not every business is going to be uh, in an industry like technology. I was reading an article about SPACs. And I was reading the profile of the spacs, and I think I got through forty spacs out of the seventy-five that they were profiling before I got the one that didn't say they they focused on
0: technology.
1: And so, there's mm-hmm. other industries out there that you could make money
0: with. Hmm. Yeah. Good point. So, uh, so co- customer concentration. Um, I would imagine businesses that are you know not well diversified management-wise are a turnoff. Um, where it's all about the owner, and everybody knows it, but the owner. <laughs> um, uh, we're just trying to basically come up with some tips or ideas for our listeners about how do we make ourselves attractive when we're when we're in the running, so that we get picked out of that of those thousands of files.
1: Yeah, and I, I would urge businesses to make money, and that sounds silly. Mm-hmm. You know, so many business owners I run in get into this rut. Where they don 't think they could raise their prices, where they not paying attention to their margins, where they haven 't looked at their vendor contracts or their supplier contracts, where they look at them with a fine tooth comb, because you know these days uh food costs are going up, construction materials are going up, raw materials are going up, the labor prices are going up, litigation and insurance costs are going up. If you're not keeping up with that as a business owner and raising your prices concurrently, your margins are going down, your profits are going down, and that is not going to be attractive to a buyer. So that's why you know, you have to have strong margins. You have to show that you have the ability to make money uh, on a consistent basis, and that's going to attract a buyer. Of course, getting your uh, house in order, even making the business look good, making sure there's no environmental issues, making sure that there's any cleaned up litigation or pending litigation or contract issues that you may have. All those things will make it much easier to sell your business. And if you had a PPP loan, uh, you know, you need to, if you had a PPP loan, you have to make sure that you're going to get it uh, forgiven. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Right, work on that and get that outcome taken care of. Andy, a lot of our uh, listeners are getting that daily call, you know, the one I'm talking about where it's, like, uh, hey, I've got a market, I can sell your business. Um, are you interested? Um, and could you tell our listeners uh, a little bit about when they maybe should uh, pay attention to that call and when they should know this is going nowhere?
1: Well, if if you happen to be in an industry that is, obviously being rolled up by private equity or strategic buyers, it may be time to look and and take that phone call. Uh, If you happen to own a car dealership when, you know, the big players were running around and paying really ridiculous prices for them, it was time to do something. Uh, It was time to make a move uh in the security industry, the home security industry, they were paying extremely high multiples. The banks were financing these things. Now that has come down and those multiples in that industry have come down. So if you see that happening and you hear your competitors selling out, you might just want to talk to them. I know a lot of uh businesses have associations, they know what's got, you know, what's happening inside their industry and you may want to answer one of those letters uh we see it in the insurance industry we see it in the accounting industry that is being rolled up so you might want to take a meeting now there are you know things out there like scams and what i think are scams people wanting huge upfront fees for re- reviewing your business uh i would stay away from those letters
0: okay and at the point that somebody uh, does want to find out what is out there uh, and say they get in touch with you or, or Trans World Business Advisors. Then, um, what what's some of the first things that you want them to provide you with? Uh, besides, you know, obviously, financials and things like that. But uh, what are some of the first steps in getting involved with a, a business uh, brokerage firm like yours?
1: You know, what we're going to do is we're going to sit down with the owner. We want to know their story, right? We want to know why they want to sell. We want to know the motivation, and we want to know all the players. And we eventually are going to want to know what their goals are, of course, financially. But, you know, oftentimes uh, business owners, it isn't price. Price certainly drives it. But we are working on a, a large project in South Florida right now. It's a high-profile business. Uh, it's a tourist attraction. It's very well-loved worldwide. And the owners really just wanted the right buyer. They wanted somebody that was going to take their legacy and take it to the next level. So that's what we're trying to figure out, you know, when we first sit down with you and the sellers is trying to figure out what are your goals? Of course, Mm -hmm. we're going to ask for about three years financials. If there's some sort of anomaly in those three years, we might ask for more. We're going to ask for current financials right through the first quarter of this year. And we're going to sit down and give you an idea of what we think the marketplace would come back with as far as valuation and possible, you know, LOIs and letters of interest. And then, you know, and gauging what your, you know, what their goals are. Now, if their goals are pretty close uh, and they have a good reason for sale, we're probably going to move forward if they're expectations are unrealistic. Say they wanted $20 million and we think their business is worth five. Uh, we're going to give them some ideas of what they could do to get to that $20 million valuation.
0: Sure. And that's there are several topics that we could have talked about today, several that are interesting. Unfortunately, I don't have time for all of them. I do have one more question for you, and that is you have a, a, a podcast called The Deal Board. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Who do you what do you talk about? Um, uh, is it available? Uh, most places that people can find podcasts, tell us about that.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. It's available on all the major podcasting channels, of course, on YouTube as well. And yes, this is what we talk about. We talk about a lot of the things that go into buying and selling businesses. We talk, we we feature a lot of entrepreneurial stories because we love that, and we're here just to support entrepreneurs and give them the information. I think our best client is someone who's educated on both the buy and sell side. That's when deals go the e- easiest when people have the correct expectations, and that's what we're here to do—to help educate people.
0: Uh, and so, again, it's Trans World Business Advisors. Is that the is that the URL that our listeners can go to?
1: It's tworld.com, dot com, dot com, or the Dealboard Podcast dot com.
0: Excellent. And uh, a lot of great information today. I hope you'll come back and uh, we can talk about some of these other topics at some point. Uh, Very interesting to talk with you today, and I really appreciate you helping our listeners uh, with your, your your great tips and ideas. Thanks, Bill. Thanks for having me on.
1: Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio.